Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Benchtown TV. This is Jim, and I'm here with Luke and Dave. And today we continue our coverage of The Last Kingdom Season 5. Previously, we covered the pilot, Seasons 1, 2, and 3. We have our Season 5, Episodes 1 and 2 coverage. And we also interviewed Alexander Viam, who played Kiart in the Cruel in Seasons 1 and 2. You can find all of our podcast episodes on whatever podcast app you're listening to us on now, or you can check us out at BingetownTV.com. Today, we are covering Season 5, Episodes 3 and 4. If you want to follow along with the rest of the season's coverage, please hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast app, or if you're watching it on YouTube, hit that subscribe button on YouTube if you do not want to miss any of these episodes. So, two more episodes, guys. This is killing us. Mm-hmm. We can't binge it. Two at a time. It's taking forever. But guess what? As soon as this episode's over, we can watch two more. Yep, yep, yep. It was another two great episodes. At this point, everything is just good. And it's such an outlier. If it's a not a good episode, I, I just take in stride. It's all fucking phenomenal. Character work, as always, is good. And there were some really, really good acting moments that I'll bring up as we're talking about some of the buckets here. But yeah, like we got some uh, some satisfying punishments for Brita in these, and that, that was all good for me. And then, of course, my girl, Ethel Fled, RIP. She had a great character arc that gets completed in here, and we'll talk more about that as we go through. Yeah, and just letting everyone know, sorry if I sound a little sickly right now. I'm nursing a hangover, <laughs> and uh, it's not going so well, but we'll Had we'll too survive. much ale last night. Yeah, a little too much ale. But yeah, these episodes were incredible. Like Luke said, there's really never a bad episode anymore with Last Kingdom. I don't even know if we've ever had a bad episode with Last Kingdom. Love the the burrito hate that we're we're getting here. We got her uh, getting some punishments. Of course, rest in peace to Ethel Fled. Loved her as a character. So upset to see her character arc come to a close. But that does open up the door for a lot more politics, which, of course, Luke is such a big fan of. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see that. And I just think it's so ironic that me and Jimmy, you know, we're kind of gassing up Rita's daughter as possibly like this yeah. this character who might have a big role in the whole show. And then eventually she just dies from <laughs> jumping off a roof. So we'll get there when we get there. But <laughs> jumping uh, off a crazy roof. statement. My gosh. Yeah. 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 So, so great crazy. Episodes. Great episodes. Though. I don't know if this is recency bias or what, but the, the acting in the show is just some of the best I've ever seen. Man, they're getting me so good. Especially James Northcote in the last two episodes as Aldhelm. Yes, he is just killing it as Aldhelm, showing his misery and his pain and his his grief for for Ethelfled. It's unfortunate that, of course, Ethelfled died, but this is where some of these characters can shine in their acting. We really see it with Aldhelm, Uhtred, of course, and I'll have to even give the actress Ailes with some credit too. She did a very good job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, had to do it. So the passing of one great character can definitely lead into some higher tier acting. And we get it a lot in these episodes. Yeah. Uh I think we should just go right into the buckets and then that'll lead to some good conversation here because there's a lot that happens. Like you talk about where we are at the beginning of episode three to the end of four. So much has changed. We have leadership turnover in multiple different regions throughout England. And like, you know, York is so crazy like well i think we will end this episode uh episode three talk with york i think it's easier to start out in wessex because Mm -hmm. this is this is a little bit of the shorter part of the episode but it's finally just highlighting it's really leaning into ethel helm pulling all the strings and being the little finger-esque character that he is in um winchester 
and we're just seeing some of his plans come to fruition and we're seeing like him get all of the information about Ethelfled being sick from his um his man and he's starting to pull more strings there and then we get a little bit more about uh, what is this girl's name i they said it one time the scent girl that edward's hooking up with now because she's starting to uh, no, they, they said it once or twice but i haven't i call her the girl from kent <laughs> the girl from kent yeah, she she played a part. She's starting to play more of a part. And I'm right. kind of curious at what you guys' initial take on her is because I think I said in the last podcast when she got introduced, I don't know if I can fully trust her yet. I still think she's a little sketchy, but at the same time, it seems like she does love Edward. I, As I of I, now, yeah, hit it, Dave. I think I she's got the trustworthy uh, nod for me, especially how quickly she was giving Edward information too, like during their pillow talking or whatever. She wasn't afraid to hide anything. Like as soon as she heard overheard Ethel Helms' conversation, directly gave the news to Edward. So she has my nod of trust, and I actually like her with Edward. I like to see him happy be with a, a girl he actually likes. <laughs> For now, I'm taking it to face value that she's all good. She loves Edward. She likes him. Whatever. Not saying she has ambition, but she probably is. Like you know, oh my god, it's the king. But besides mm-hmm. that, I do think that. She cares for him and he obviously cares for her. So for now, I'm taking it as face value that she doesn't have any underlying ambitions or anything like that. You know, there's always room in the next six episodes for some sketchiness. If she does anything, just know Luke had an eye on her. Luke did have an eye on her the whole time. What is the age difference of the actors that play that girl and Edward? I feel like it's girl. Oh, oh, oh. I feel like it's I don't know, but it's funny. Like literally talking like, about when they Ethel- kissed, it was just like he's like he to me, he just still seems like he's 20 and she kind of looks like she's a little on the older side. So I just I just think it's funny. What the beard isn't doing it for you? You you no, can't you can't it, it did grow on me these past couple episodes, but it looks still, more real in the yeah. last two episodes. It's probably real, but yeah, I mean we haven't talked about it at all, and it's not it doesn't need to be talked about, but it is hilarious when we talk about age differences like literally Elle Swift and Ethel Flett are only like two years apart in real life. And Elle's <laughs> was the mom like, <laughs> that's crazy. you know, so she I think one's my age, 31 ish and one's like 28 or 29. So you look good, Jim. You look good. Thanks, bro. Appreciate <laughs> it. But I'm, I'm I'm laying back on the on the ale, unlike our boy Finn in the, these two episodes <laughs> doing a big <laughs> So we did like all of the politics that are going on here with Edward kind of play out more in the next episode. So I don't think we have to talk too much about it here, but there is some good stuff that I liked that happened with the religious parts with the queen. Yeah, it was just a one quick throwaway line that I absolutely loved because it's just, you know, I like the world building and they talk about Scotland and they talk about the Holy Isle and Edward is showing some maturity here and some good king kingliness saying, you know, like you did not think this through at all. King Constantine, Mm -hmm. who wants who's King Constantine of Scotland, who wants the Holy Isle as his territory might see us doing this as us taking claim and provocation. Yeah, exactly. So just that little piece of of dialogue in the background shows that Edward's still growing and he actually knows like he knows his shit. Um, and then the queen, you know, why not kick her while she's down? Because I feel like she sucks. Edward's just a good <laughs> character, man. I, I yeah. really am enjoying him. I it, We'll get to it when we get to it in episode four, because I'm interested to hear your guys' takes on his actions there. But by yeah. by episode three, he's still definitely a very good character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 
I kind of want to talk about Ethelhelm here. We'll talk more about him, I guess, in episode four as well. But Ethelhelm, he's Littlefinger esque, but he's like Littlefinger super light. Mm-hmm. You know, like Littlefinger actually had so much happen in the background that he was successful in before he got caught. And Ethelhelm is just getting caught. And I was waiting forever to figure out what the hell Edward was going to do once he knew of the plans, mm-hmm. because he's told of the plans by his mistress. And I thought he was going to just like go right at Ethelhelm mm-hmm. and be like, bro, mm-hmm. you know, you're a traitor. And get, we'll talk about that in a sec in a little bit later. But um, I actually did not see coming that Ethelhelm was going to want to put his son as, or his grandson, the queen and the king's uh, son as the new king of Mercia when he got the, that news, because we were wondering in the last episode what he would do with that information. Mm-hmm. And none of us theorize that which probably we should have but we don't really put too much like we didn't really think about the fact that he's technically related to Ethelfled slash ales with which would make him mercy in in uh, however much you want to say mm-hmm. but you know he's technically mercy and so he could be the you know the heir yeah i think it makes sense on paper it's just if it wasn't coming from ethelhelm it would be better you know because he's just doing it so he can keep raising his influence and doing it for so oh yeah oh yeah like it kind of makes sense i mean it's a weird thing too because what was his plan going to be because he obviously would piss off the king so was it would that mean that ethel helm and even maybe his daughter the queen would move over to mercia and break off and say that you know the grandson is the king of mercia and we are separate because you know that if ethel helm succeeded in that Edward was going to be like, you betrayed me and and, and it was going to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. I think you're absolutely so, right with that train of thought. I think in that would and I we've always seen Ethelhelm and Edward not get along. So I really don't think he's pro Edward and like maybe in the smallest amount he is. But I think at the, any moment he's willing to overcome Edward, he will do so. And I think. You're oh, right. yeah. All he wants to do is protect his family and keep his standing as high as possible Mm -hmm. and his heirs and his legacy as high as possible. So if he needs to move that over to Mercia, fine by him. I just don't think the queen, I don't think he would even want the queen to leave though, because then he does have influence in two major regions, but either way, this is just not going to come to fruition. Like it's just not going to, it's not going to work out because of Edward. like, okay, so when Edward goes through with his whole plan of murdering all of the eldermen, mm-hmm. like, I was totally like, Jesus, man. Edward had two great episodes up until these last five minutes. But then I started to talk myself into it a little bit. Sure, morally, it might be a problem, and Ethel Stan's going to have an issue with it because he's so young and stuff. But, like, it kind of makes sense because he thwarted Ethel Helm, and that's why he was so pissed. Because, like, why would he even care about the Witten and Mercia? But it was only because they were bribed to make his decision for, like, to to put his grandson onto the throne. So that's why he was pissed. So I like that Edward staying one step ahead, not really just blatantly going out and just, you know, you're in prison. I like him just kind of scheming back a little bit, shows his politic uh, skills. Okay. So you've already talked about it a little bit. Jimmy, I want to get your perspective. This was one of the questions I had. Well, Did you think- well, let me just, let me just pause here. Well, let me pause you here. Should we continue this talk now or should we wait till later? Cause it's not, I don't think it's going to be a debate because I agree with you, Luke. You know, because I agree with you, Luke, so I don't really think it's going to be a debate. But do we want to save it for later or should we just knock it out now? 
if you don't think it's going to be a bait, like I was just going to ask you if you thought it was hostile or not, essentially, but it sounds like you're on the side of maybe it was a good decision. So we can just wait for yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, let's knock it out right now. Yeah, I mean, okay. We're talking about it. So pretty much I took it almost exactly like you did, Luke, where when he did it, I was like, he'll turn. There it is. Damn it. Mm-hmm. Like, because we did say last episode, mm-hmm. my prediction was the daughter. El, what's her name again? I'm sorry. Elflin. Elflin won't take the throne because Edward will get involved. Um, and that was because of the whole thing about when Ethelflaed was going to take the throne and he didn't want any young people to take it when it was other people besides Ethelflaed as the option, meaning mm-hmm. the, the one elderman's son, things like that. So he did get involved and like the music changed and it got all dark and it was like, ah, oh, shit, he's 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 turning. But then he calls out Ethel Helm and then you can actually see that Uhtred looks super pissed. But then he calls out Ethel Helm and then Uhtred looks at Ethel Helm and he yes. can tell that Edward did the right thing, mm-hmm. you know, and Uhtred even says himself, like, listen, technically, this is what Alfred wanted, whether it's true or not, you know. Even L. Swift was saying the daughter shouldn't take it. L. Flynn shouldn't take it. Uhtred said, is it the right decision? And now he's saying, you know, Alfred's son is the king of Wessex and Mercia. And his hopes and dreams are still alive after his death. It's it's just one of those things where, yeah, he, he looks like a bad guy to out Helm and mm-hmm. some of the Mercians, but probably the right decision, quote unquote, for a king when even Uhtred said, there's been way less bloodshed for Kings before. Yep. That's the quote I was going to use as well. I think Uhtred talked me into believing that it was honestly a good decision because you're you're right, Jimmy, the music changed everything. You know, the guards were coming in. It kind of seemed like he was going to do another siege of Mercia. But in this time, I think in the end with how he was talking to Ethelstan and what Uhtred was saying to Ethelstan as well about the bloodshed and no king. It's just not a thing for kings to not shed blood. It's just impossible to do it. So I'm on. It obviously is going to bite Edward in the butt somehow. So, I mean, yeah, we did get introduced to that uh, one elderman's wife. Right. Um, and, and he's the got- same elderman elderman who had the son last season that was being a sketch bag and wanted the son to yeah, to so. take the throne. And then the son, Edward brought the son to Wessex. Okay. But he yeah. seemed to, he made, he seemed to make a, a, a change of heart because Uhtred admitted or talked to Ethelflaed and was like, Oh, that guy didn't he used to not like you. And she's like, oh, things changed over these years. And he, yeah. you know, is now a respected person in my court kind of thing. More respect on Ethelflaed's name, man. That time yeah. skip besides the sickness, she, she just, got shit done basically she, she reinvented the the idea of like a female leader and mercia was just so peaceful like all of this is just it's it's crazy because i don't i, I agree with edward's decision i don't think ethel ethel is it an ethel or elfwin elfwin it's not ethel flynn it's i Elflin. i think she, like she should be happy like she wasn't ready for it like i think she was too young she knows nothing has no real experience this seems like a win all around and because it's so easy is the reason i'm feeling weird about it you know, like because it's TV, yeah. like they're going to make something dramatic happen here. And I don't know, for me, sometimes the easy decision just looks like it's the right one. And that's what I think Edward was correct here. It does feel weird with the whole background production team making him seem evil. But then you're right. Like Uhtred kind of talked us into it. And if Uhtred's OK with it, I think morally like Ethel stands. OK gonna with be, it. Yeah, Ethel stands going to there will be, okay be re- with it, so. there will be repercussions without a yeah. doubt for his actions. But I think long term, this was a good move. So. <laughs> Yeah, I was pretty nervous because 
when I was watching it go down and you have those thoughts in your head while you're watching, especially when your podcasts are taking notes and stuff, you see Ethel Stan getting in the middle of it. And I still thought he had the plot armor. Like I thought he was fine. I didn't think he was going to die or anything. But when you see the elderman getting killed and they're wearing the Saxon armor and then Edward has like the quote unquote heel turn where you think it's happening and you think he's turning bad. And then all these people are losing their shit. Uhtred's starting to be look mad for a second. I honestly was like, Shit, are they not going to like is Edward not going to let it get out of his mouth that it's all because of Ethel Helm and somehow Ethel Helm's going to come out like, OK, on this, like not scot free. I'm so happy that Ethel Helm was called out and it kind of eased the tension a little bit. I mean, like I said, Al Helm and the rest of the Mercians, no way they're not down with it. You killed their elderman, not the right thing to do, you know, but. Utrid and the homies besides Ethel Stan, because Ethel Stan, you know, did have that conversation with Edward. And I do think that's going to come to play later. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I was nervous. I was like, if Ethel Helm gets some kind of standing out of this, because there's obviously no way that Ethel Helm was the one who who was sending the attackers. Like when you saw the Saxon armor, I was like, it has to be Edward. Mm hmm. Because why would it, why would Ethel Helm attack the people he was bribing? So I was like, this is this is crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just love Edward's attitude towards Eldhelm or Ethelhelm, sorry, because it just feels good having him be on our side and, you know, like kind of working with Utrid a little bit. Just fuck, because this fuck this guy. He's going to be so chaotic and just like sowing all this deceit in there. And I think, I think he's still, I think I read the description for the next episode and it was at five and he's got some more, he's going to be a big part of the next episode, I should say. So we're going to have to be on the lookout for him. Yeah. I until I don't mind dead. us jumping around since we're doing buckets. Um, but yeah, with Ethel Helm, I don't understand how he's not being either killed, executed or put in jail as a traitor, because at first I was like, all right, he's actually not going to be able to get put called a traitor by Edward because technically he's bribing and going against the Mercians under Mercian law because it has nothing to do with, with the Saxons. But mm -hmm. Or, you know, the people of Wessex. But soon as King Edward takes the throne as king of Mercia, he should be able to say, yo, man, you literally just tried to have somebody else succeed the throne and you bribed elderman. That's that's treachery. You know, yeah. that's treason. You should be. In, I understand that it's the queen's father and he has a lot of sway and he's he's rich. But still, I don't know how Edward can let him still be hanging around. Well, I'm not convinced that the punishment's not done. Like there could be another conversation that's a follow up directly after this, at the beginning of next episode. Yeah. And that could I mean, make he... Ethel Helm start getting more desperate and doing more like clearly against the king kind of things to to you know re raise his influence. He literally was yelling at Edward because he was like it seemed like he was desperate, like trying to be like, You can't control the succession, the Witten's not here, blah blah blah. Like pretty much saying like you need to give me time to let my, uh, you know, to let my plan go through so that the grandson, your son could take over. But he was straight up like calling Edward out right in the middle and yelling at him and shit. I just yeah. feel like, yeah, like you said, the punishment better keep going in the next episode. I hope it will. But it was so fucking badass that sit down on the throne. I loved when Edward did that and slowly just put his hands out. That was just really fucking cool. It was epic. It was definitely epic. Yeah. That's I mean, like my as image much as of Edward now, without a doubt, like if I think of Edward, it's just going to be him <laughs> plopping his ass on that throne, <laughs> <laughs> plopping his ass. on. I mean, to be completely honest, 
if Alfred was envisioning the future of England, it would be him on every throne. Yeah. So not this is part like, of the plan. Not, yeah, exactly. Not Edward and Ethelfled and this and that. It would be Alfred himself or whoever his successor is on the throne for every single yeah. country or whatever. Hmm. No, I'm all in. And I know we had been jumping ahead because it's a lot of episode four stuff, but I thought it just made sense to keep going yeah. with it. Yeah. It's just, you know, like it's it, Dave was right. He told me like before I even watched the episode, he's like, yo, so much fucking shit happens. And like, like Ethelflaed's alive and the queen at the beginning of episode three. Mm-hmm. And now there's no more Mercian leader anymore. And it's just King Edward by the end of episode four. Like so much happens in between these two hours. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, this is the final season. I'm here for it. We got to start making it where England's starting to pop up as one United Nation. And I think that's where we're going to get to by the end. But this this was a good like check the box. We have to do this eventually. And right. I think it was great for Edward. And I, fe- I have a feeling B. Tom's is going to re- when he comes back for next, po- next podcast, he's going to really freaking be praising Edward. I think like he's, he's going yeah. to I think guy. he's going to appreciate what he did. Yeah. Uh, maybe not appreciate is the right word, but understand his decision. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, is that an all there is for Wessex? Yeah, so let's. I was gonna say because oh, this is perfect. Yeah, we might hit it back here and there later, yeah. but yeah, let's let's seg. Let's do Mercia real quick because there's only like oh, two. No, there's okay. only like two or three scenes here, and this is gonna be the road to Mercia and then Mercia itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, not much actually happens. Uh, we have Aleswith shitting on Edith again, which is just so dumb because she's always crying about her meth. It's like God's gonna heal at the flood. She's still believing. Uh, and then I think we get it does lead to a good character situation with Aleswith later mm-hmm. where she's starting to be like God's Questioning not listening. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly what you kind of wanted from her. Yeah. Maybe like three seasons ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I <laughs> asked. Stop being such a cultist kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. did she also get her last rights? Is that what that was by the corrupt priest, the gambling priest? I think that was supposed to just be a healing prayer. Okay. So it was just I'm sure she got her last rights, though. But yeah, I'm pretty sure that was Aleswith making her do it like a healing prayer because even Edith was like, she needs to be chilling. She doesn't need to be with the priest right now. Mm-hmm. And Aleswith was like, no, she needs this to heal. Yeah. Yeah. And then the rest of this episode is just everybody else besides Aldhelm and Edith finding out about Ethel Fled's status of like her actually being terminally ill. And right. then specifically, we get the daughter finding out and she's being told that she's going to be the next leader. But on the walk, when Aldhelm is taking the daughter to yes. see Ethelflaed, I loved that freaking yes. scene. Shut up. <laughs> he Shut was up. not going to sit there and let her talk shit on Ethelflaed. And yeah. basically anytime anybody talks shit on Ethelflaed, like he knows, he knows everything she's done, all the sacrifices. And mm-hmm. like, it's just amazing seeing how much he cares for her. And even though she doesn't love him back, like he loves her. He still just cares so much about Mercia. And it's just awesome seeing his character just like go through these motions of just always protecting the Ethel Fled and Mercia, like the pride of Mercia. I'm so upset he never got at least a kiss from Ethel Fled. I think that was at least in his in his right to to <laughs> ask for one and get one. But yeah, he, it, he it, we already said at the beginning of the pod he just crushed it with his actor. I forget his name. It's just he did an amazing job. James He's, Northcote. Yeah, absolutely killed it. Love Aldhelm and. We'll see with him. We'll see what he's going to be up to now that he's gone. I'm scared for him. I feel like he's, yeah, he could die. I thought that Edward's plan was was going to be to let Aelfwin take it. And then I thought that that was just an easy plan for Aldhelm. That's his trajectory for the rest of the season. Be with Aelfwin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now Aelfwin's fled with Aelswith and Aldhelm is pissed. 
We might get a little rage from this guy. I'd be all right with that. Maybe. It's crazy that Elf Wynn did the whole trip to Mercia and never found out that her mom was sick when her mom's literally in a tent and like dying in bed. I was so and, happy. You know, she was that. probably looking for the boys on the trip, you know, she was. She but was. She was. yeah, but then, you know, the the conversation. Aldhelm should have freaked out as much as he wanted to freak out because he's got the worst situation ever, man. He, he loves Ethel fled more than anything. He loves Mercia. He's stuck by someone's side. I mean, to him, not stuck, but he's by someone's side that he loves that he knows he can never be with. And then she's dying and it's killing him. And he knows that the daughter is talking shit and doesn't know that she's dying. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a great put you in your place scene. And it led to a great conversation when they actually get to Ethelflaed's room, because after mm-hmm. Ethelflaed talks with Elflin about all of her new um, responsibilities and, and take the idea of her taking the throne next, they leave her and Aleswith leave to go pray or something. And that's when Ethelflaed looks at Aldhelm and says, no one has served Mercia more faithfully. I'm just like, don't you fucking forget it. Like he deserves yeah. everything, man. And when things are going this well for a character in the show and it's not Uhtred, sometimes, man, they get, they get yeah. a little stabby stabby. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's like, he's survived some stabby stabby, but yeah, that's true. I forgot. I about don't know that. when Ethel Red just walks up and pokes him. Yeah, that was bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> that was bullshit. Well, he at least <laughs> survived it, though. But I will say I, I like the growth here for Ale Flynn um, makes me see her as potentially a competent leader one day, because even prior to that scene, you know, she was, of course, like doing flirting with boys. But great moment of maturity for her to finally understand that Ethel Fled was in the same position as her like she necessarily didn't want the throne but she knew that it was going to be best for the people and sometimes you just got to put the people before yourself especially if you're of royal blood and i think ale flynn finally sees that so uh she has potential as to be a good ruler if she ever gets put in that position yeah when we fast forward to when ethel fled actually passes away and then she's laid out before they're actually going to announce and ring the bells and the witness is getting ready to meet and out helm tells her you don't have to be here we could pause it you need some time to grieve she's like no my mom would have wanted to take care of this right this second like she seemed like she got her shit together in those five minutes or so but let's not forget that edward in season three seemed like he was getting his shit together when alfred was dying and then he had a bad season four so mm-hmm. um who knows i don't think like i don't think elfin is going to be a a factor for the throne at all. Like I think Endgame is Edward is still yeah. the king, or you know, it falls apart, which we assume it doesn't happen. But I think we could put a pin in that. Mm-hmm. Uh we're gonna jump back into that when we talk about episode four itself. And now we can go through probably the most important and action-packed part of this episode. And this is all the stuff that's happening in New York. Um and then yeah. this this <clears throat> starts this is actually the very beginning of the episode too because it takes up uh, it takes place right as Uhtred and the boys are going through the sewers and then Stewart is giving herself up to Brita and then that results in the square and then chaos just freaking breaks through when the when the boys get in and start releasing prisoners and um, we could talk about this the the thing in the square Dave I know you wanted to bring this up too yeah so one thing that I had questioned right away after watching it so Sig Trigger obviously had a clear shot at taking Brita out. Yeah. Yep. He was in the square and he lets the arrow fly. And I was shocked to see that it didn't hit her and it was a random straggler. So I was like, Agreed. why did he not just kill her right there? But I was kind of thinking on it a little bit more. And I think it's because he was honoring the square 
even if, oh uh, okay i think even though it was Stiora in the square i think he was still honoring it and because he is a, at heart a very you know prideful dane i think that yeah that would have been a bad look for him if he had murdered Brita in that spot so i think he just wanted to cause a, the best way to cause a distraction but then just be kill someone else that wasn't Brita who was in the square like i think if she was if there was no square and she had that shot it would have been Brita. Yeah, it would have been for Brita. No, Jimmy, I had the same exact reaction yeah. right there. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, I actually do really like that. And he told me because it, it makes a lot of sense. And I'm the only yeah, the only thing I could have thought of was that Uchi literally said Brita's mine or that's something also, like that. That's also very possible. Uh, but I like I really like what you said. So like I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with Sig Trigger being the man. <laughs> <laughs> but he was. He was letting those arrows fly, man. He was a badass dude. I definitely trigger is climbing the Dane rank for me for sure. Let's fast forward for a second and talk about that haircut. Let's go. Yeah, it's finally. Better, but still yeah. not as cool as the OG. Well, the yeah, hair. but I thought his shitty haircut, obviously done by Machete, pretty much, yeah. was so awful that this haircut <laughs> I am down with, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Definite, definite upgrade in the hair department there. There's no way I was about to have my boy Sig Trigger go six more episodes or hopefully six if he doesn't die with that shit ass hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so but, the, the rest of this is just classic. The last kingdom. Great battles. We're getting Stuart. blood and kills. Stuart's getting catching yeah. some bodies. All Love of that's it. great. Um, Let's give that girl some props, man. She she met Brita, called her out in front of everybody, said, I want the square. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she would assume she probably would lose. I don't know how much training she did, but it looked like Brita was taking care of her pretty well. I mean, she was she was defending herself, but Brita looked like she had the upper hand. But give her some props, man. She's definitely Uhtred's daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's definitely a fighter. She's got Uhtred's blood running in her. And then she's over the years been with Sig Trigger. So who knows what he's he's also taught her. I think she's just in a great position because we even saw it in season four when I forget what part it was, but her like Aylesworth were getting captured and in her like even though she was gonna she was going out with a fight though. She oh yeah, she had the knife, knife out. Dude. Yeah, she yeah. was ready to go and take take some people down with her. So I'd love to see that she's a capable fighter now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this all oh. results in the climax being mm-hmm. this freaking <laughs> climbing the roof Assassin's Creed style scene with the the Becky or the Becky the back. She said it a bunch. Yeah, yeah, she did. Whatever. Her. The daughter. Yeah, the daughter. Breed, breed, breed daughter. And Jimmy, you had an issue with this part, right? Bit. Yeah, I had an issue. First of all, it's doing R.I.P. to Breed's or to uh, Steor's girl. You know, she yeah, didn't deserve that. that. Rough, Breed, yeah. Breed was a little biatch on that one. But you knew that was coming. hundred yeah, percent. Not even. But but yeah, shit's in the fan. One thing I will say before the daughter situation is I was a little pissed. I understand that it's like a, a battle and there's a million people on the way and they're jumping in, they're jumping out. And but if Uhtred had any want or need to decide I am killing you, Brita, he should be able to do it like that. There shouldn't be any way where she could like defend from him, to, in my opinion, mm-hmm. like because they were battling a little bit. And yeah, there's people jumping in the way and distracting him. But and we still don't know if he was actually down with killing her because he does say I let her go. But that was after the daughter died. But still. I was a little annoyed that like they actually let them come to blows and Uhtred didn't like easily take care of her. I mean, she pretty much defended herself pretty, pretty okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, am I am I just having too much pride for my boy or was it not that big of a deal or? No, of course, any chance that you can kill Brita, I'm all in for taking that opportunity. But 
I think he's right. I think he let her go, man, especially after. Well, no. Yeah. OK, so you just think he wasn't trying too, too hard. I when still he think he got to her. Even I mean, after, she literally after, said, I, I chopped your boy's dick off. Even yeah. after all of what she's done, him. Uhtred is still just going to be Uhtred and just still see her as, you know, first love interest. And I that's why I was thinking that Steeler was going to be the one to deal is going to be the one to deal Brita's finishing blow because she doesn't obviously hold any attachment to her and it would be a weight off Uhtred's Could shoulder. Be, man. Um but yeah, I, but yeah. I, I don't think you're 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 wrong in your feelings and being a little annoyed that Uhtred still couldn't do it. Yeah, so let's move on. Battle's happening. Brita tells the daughter, who first of all is sitting there at first just playing with her feather. She's a weird then <laughs> yeah, then she gets up and starts walking in the middle of the battle and it's showing like blades like crossing over her hair and stuff. Like that's how close that she is to getting hit. And she's not even she doesn't have a care in the world. Brita sees it, jumps in, tells her, go hide. Okay, so her first inkling is to I'm going to go climb to the top of this roof. That's crazy when you say it like that. (laughs) I mean, and not only am I going to climb to the top of this roof, but I'm going to literally do an Assassin's Creed situation where you go to the very top little top corner where you can look down and do your dive into the haystack. I mean, come on. It was so I honestly laughed when she jumped and didn't make it because <laughs> it was just one of those moments where I really thought something spiritual or magical was going to happen because she she was slowed down. She was dodge, not dodging the, the knives, but they were they just weren't it seemed like they were yet. purposely like missing almost, you know, like, yeah, she was in this trance. Something crazy was going to happen. She was going to do something. And then she just fucking killed herself. I was just like, <laughs> I had to laugh a little bit because I was just like, I just set myself up for this and just I mean I understand I understand the purpose like literally the purpose is going to be to bring Brita maybe back to Catholicism or at least not be so devout as a dame because literally she's sitting there it's Uhtred on one side and Brita on the other side and Brita's saying trust the gods they're going to let you live trust them trust them just jump you'll be fine and of Mm -hmm. course she jumps and she's dead and now the entire rest of Brita's story in the next episode is questioning the gods and talking to Pierlig about his god so yeah that was the purpose but still it I, it was weird i'm hoping that it doesn't somehow try and give her more motivation to hate Uhtred because that would be ridiculous and and after all the Pierlig stuff happened i don't think it will and i want no redemption breeder redemption. yeah zero breeder yeah redemption. well okay let's get I, into I, that we might I think as that's well what's because, coming unfortunately yeah i agree but, and i don't want it I don't want it either. Before I'm not we actually... talk about that, though. I will say I live for Brita's tears. It was like Christmas watching her cry <laughs> over her kid. That Just was awesome. the tears off her face. <laughs> like, <it> was <laughs> so good. Scary. That was awesome to watch. Lick the tears off her. It's face. like isn't that what isn't that what isn't that what Cartman does to Scott <laughs> Tetherman when he makes his eat his parents? Oh my god! All right, all right. So okay, when I said like saying to Dave like no redemption for Brita, I'm not saying I don't think it will happen because it definitely mm. can. I'm saying I don't yeah. want it to yeah. happen. Oh, we're agreed. All, yeah, we're all on that page. Yeah. At this point, I'm annoyed she's not dead. Yes. I yes. think she should have died by episode four. We talk about the big thing, and obviously, the big thing is Ethel Fled dying and Edward taking the throne. That's a big thing that counts as us always saying that episode four ish five ish is a big climax for the season Mm -hmm. a mid-season climax so that is it but i'm not here for burrito's redemption and i don't see any other path because 
why have this path that she's going on with pure league unless there's redemption? Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, just let her if you're going to keep her alive and not kill her yet, let her get away and then Uther get to her later. I still and then think... just have them face each other. But it's I don't think it's going that way. I mm-hmm. still think she's going to die. But I think before she dies, the the writers of the show are trying to give us that like small little redemption in in her dying moments. Maybe like in the, the showrunner's eyes, like she has she will have been redeemed, but never for me. And it does kind of serve the purpose of the show as a powerful theme of having Brita question her whole th- faith, just like at the, um Aleswith's doing, but from the opposite side, where Aleswith's yeah. moving away from Christian Christianity, and if Brita moves towards it. That would be like a huge main character mindset switch that we really haven't seen too much in the show, switching your religions like that. And to just mm-hmm. have it paralleled with Aleswith makes it even better because like they're both going opposite way. Mm-hmm. So I kind right. of like that when I think about it like that, but it's Brita's and I hate her. So I was just going right. to, I was just going to say that too, Luke, that besides Guthrum, From she, season yeah. one, right? Yeah. Right. She, right. she will have been, she's the first Dane. We'll, we'll hopefully get in depth with it more, but the first Dane we've seen, that's like, questioning the gods like most of them are just like for the gods mm-hmm. ready to dive all hollow let's go yeah but she's her and Guthrum are the same now and i guess the other thing about her pain i don't know if this counts if the daughter's a warrior or not like she obviously didn't die with a weapon in her hand so does that mean nova hollow is that kind of what she was screaming about part was, of the episode where she's like she's alone and stuff i was getting those vibes too um but I can't obviously say for sure. I just I, I thought it was the Valhalla thing because I immediately when the child died, I was looking to see if she was holding anything. Yeah, and she did. So like what happens in their culture if like a infant baby's sick? Do they just throw a freaking knife in their hand and be like, all right, bro? Yeah, I have a feeling it's only for warriors. I think it's only honest. for warriors. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's a right. they, you know, the warrior's death. I'm pretty sure it's only for warriors. Like it's not like Uhtred was like my son who died from the sickness from season one or whatever he wasn't freaking out saying like my son's not in valhalla i think it's mainly just for the warriors but real quick since you said his name i was so upset to see father peerleg being tortured of course by one of my least favorite characters in the show i really wanted peerleg to do some damage but he just was getting tortured man i hated to see it but it's good to see him at least walking he's a badass with Brita through this redemption this quote-unquote redemption arc for her because he's a beast i love him yeah he Makes me feel like he's safe now, though. I think so for good. the time being. Yeah, I think he's safe, too. Yeah. I was worried he was actually going to Brito was just going to kill him. Me, too. I think he's safe until at least episode five. Like, I know he's safe for the first four episodes, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good. We got uh, the Deadpool going. <laughs> yeah, right. But all right, let's let's clean up one of the last things that a couple things that happened here in York for this episode, because we do have the reappearance of Sigbro. Obviously, we have to deal with him and to see how Sig Trigger was going to deal with him is something I was very excited for because mm-hmm. I didn't know, like he's already tried being merciful and, and open armed him when he came originally. And then he yeah. kind of got bit in the ass by doing that. And I wanted to see like, what would, what like this internal conflict, if he would just lean full back into the brutal Dane side, just murder him or mm-hmm. show his actual mature growth as being someone that can, again, give him a trial. And I like that he did do the whole trial thing. Cause that right. led into a pretty epic moment too. Steor didn't want it though. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Steor thought he was being too merciful to even give him a trial, but, or, I mean, I think she was okay with the trial as long as it meant (laughs) 
he he, sick bro would die, but he didn't. It's not looking <laughs> that way. Yeah. I don't know where he's going to go, but I feel like there's no way he's like good now. Sick bro or sick trigger? Sick bro. Like, oh, I think yeah, sick, now that yeah. sick bro is, is safe, like wh- he's not going to be good, right? How can you be sick trigger and love Stiora and have sick bro openly talk shit on Stiora and yeah. now let him live? You know, obviously, sick bro knows that Stiora wanted to kill him. Sick trigger should think that Stiora is in trouble yeah. or in danger. Mm-hmm. It seems like he has a blind spot for his brother and that's realistic it's his family yeah. but i really hope it doesn't result in his death mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah me neither i hope i'm not a fan of sig bro but sig trigger definitely needs to stay alive and i'm curious to see too is after the events of the battle at uh york sig trigger was talking his little conversation with utrid i really liked um yeah he was questioning the Saxons. He's like, I don't know why I ever let them try and take control of me. They obviously weren't there for me. I just really hope he gets a little bit more of the details of why they didn't come to help him, like the Ethel fled being sick, and maybe he lightens his hate for the Saxons up just a little bit. And even Steora, because following that scene, Uhtred goes to Steora, and Steora says he has a lot of respect for you, and that kind of gave me chills. I was like, love that. Sig Trigger can still respect Uhtred and see him as a brother step uh you know whatever it father, is stepfather father yeah that was a really good moment for uh, for Stiora showing how she is totally Utrid's kid because she says the same thing to Utrid like about leaving and going to Mercia that Utrid just said to Sig Trigger mm-hmm. like says yeah. this that's not my place like it's kind of funny how how much Stiora's like Utrid but then Utrid Jr's not yeah <laughs> yeah the yeah. cockless the cockless <laughs> yeah the conversation should make us worried a little bit, depending on oh, what happened. Yeah, like Dave, like you said, I don't know if the mercy explanation is enough. Like, I don't think Sig Trigger will be OK unless he somehow finds out Ethelhelm was the one that was plotting behind Edward's back, because even if Edward Edward doesn't even know this yet. But even if Edward has a direct conversation with Sig Trigger and goes, yo, man, I sent them. I don't know what happened. Sig Trigger will just be like, he's, he's lying. He's a liar. I don't care what you say, Edward. They didn't show up. I heard they're not coming. It's your fault. And I know that and we know that Bevenberg is the future of the season. But I'm wondering if we should be worried that Sig Trigger is going to break off and we're going to have some kind of quick thing between Edward's two kingdoms and now the third kingdom that if Sig Trigger rebels or even acts a little bit like he's not going to be on Edward's side, Edward could just be like, sorry, bro, and take it over. Mm-hmm. And I think like thinking about it, he kind of has to eventually if it's going to be Alfred's yeah. dream. And damn, I hate that realization. I would almost rather Sig Trigger get murdered and then they take it. than Sig yeah. Trigger betray Edward. Right. Yeah. I mean, and so. the, yeah. We'll see. We'll yeah. See. I mean, fuck, there's no happy ending here for Sig Trigger, is there? I've, I'm going to predict that like we get three ish more episodes of like kind of this perspective of maybe York, Efferwich, Wessex kind of thing. And then the final two or three being about Bebenberg. Yeah. The obvious thing here is Edward's just checking the boxes now. Yeah. He's got it. Like there was no way in hell he was ever going to be able to say, yo, Ethelfled, I'm going to kill you and I'm I'm going to take Mercia. You know, he was okay with the fact that Alfred's dream would be alive through the, the kids, the siblings. But 
now that she's dead, there's no one that he wouldn't take over mm. just so that he could just have everything. And that should be a little scary for Utrecht, too, because if he tries to make some bargain with Utrecht and say, help me take Bevenberg, well, is Utrecht doing it for Utrecht or is Utrecht going to be doing it and King Edward's going to take it over? So I don't know. I don't uh, know, man. At the stand, might be seeing his dad in the right light. Oh, God, I don't know, man. This is I don't want Edward to be an obstacle. And like, doesn't he wasn't Brian saying on earlier podcast that he has like this epic name in history as like King Edward. The, yeah, the elder, elder, I think name, it is. Yeah. King Edward the elder, I think. Right. Oh, so I he's got to get old, man. Yeah, I hope he's got to get old. He'll be chill. He might so. already be technically old. We don't freaking know. Uter's <laughs> 90. <laughs> yeah. Um. But OK, so another thing that happens here is finally Finnan tells Uhtred the news about Ethelfled here in York. Yeah. And this to me was like a masterful acting scene, especially from Uhtred's actor. Just, yeah, I had full body shows this whole scene, just the weight behind of what like of this news to him and what it meant to him, especially after you see the interaction with Ethelfled he has in the next episode, how he pretty oh much God, yeah. like this is his girl now, like. Since, yeah. since since Cassell's been gone, like this is like the love of his life now. He dreams about her and just watching him like slowly break down. And then one of me and Dave's favorite part, we both kind of agreed here was I was praying he didn't lash out at Finnan mm-hmm. too, just for like saying some oh just, my god, you know, like come on, bro. And Utrid continues to surprise and show the maturity. Like he didn't, he did yeah. not blame Finnan at all. He understood. As soon as he said, man. and you didn't tell me, I literally was like, Don't do it, man. Yes, Don't you man. dare yell at Finnan. Yeah. And then he just Finnan gave his explanation and he was like, yeah, you know what? I love him, man. Mm-hmm. Love it. So glad that that didn't happen because season one, Uchra definitely would have lashed out and been like, you're oh, yeah. not my fucking boy anymore. But he yeah. and especially when Finnan, you know, emphasizes like, dude, if you had come in here knowing that information with you would have been slowed down. And I think that was the line that Uchra was like, OK, you're right. You know, yeah. So 90 year old Uchra is wise. Dude. <laughs> He's, <Uhtred> the <laughs> He's wise. super wise. Yeah. But this results in like them having to sprint to Mercia so he can have these last minutes with Ethelfled. And I was just thinking about like after you see the shot of Uhtred and the boys leaving York in their horses and like just leaving. Mm. I was just thinking like this just fucking epic band of people just go to different locations, fuck shit up and then just leave. And, like, they <laughs> just, just roll change out. the world like they're just so freaking cool. It's like a fantasy epic. Like you're just like they're yeah. going around just doing all these making all these crazy ripple effects just because they're badasses and they get shit done. I can't tell you how many like times I have like anxiety attacks because like anytime they're in battle, I'm just like Finnan needs to fucking Sick stay trick, alive. Finnan, yeah. Dive. Yeah. And I was again in episode four, I was worried because Finnan was wasted. And then I see these yeah. like guards coming and I'm like, oh my God, Finnan's going to fucking die. He's, Finnan's like, like, it's the L. I'm just the like, L. please, like anytime danger is around Finnan, Citric, all that. I'm just like, don't kill them i'm like we've had enough of the the boys dying this should be the forever squad yeah. i have a, i have a bad feeling that it's just the start of us being upset about deaths man i know i've seen like people tweet about the ending of like season five of last kingdom i'm just like god something is but you're not seeing me. any spoilers you're just i haven't uh, seen any spoilers i just yeah. have seen people like saying wow like last kingdom blew me away like nothing yeah. but positivity so eight hours left of screen time boys we just need finn yeah. and sick trick to survive yeah. eight more freaking hours and that includes up. the movie that includes the movie yeah. uh, well Citric is a badass they're all badasses the scene where ethel stan is like there's some guards out there and he's trying to wake them up and they don't none of them seem to be waking up and then then 
Citric turns the corner and Ethelstan doesn't know and he puts the blade. He's like, watch where you're pointing that thing, bro. And, you know, that's so there's such badasses. But the entire battle scene, it's just so cool to see. You're watching Osforth, Citric, Finn and all kicking ass. You're seeing Osforth kick ass like, my gosh. Yeah. After how he started. Yeah. Me and Luke, I just poked in to see where he was at. And we watched that part together and we just looked at each other like Osford getting those kill counts up baby love to see it you know Osford hey. literally goes from poking dudes yeah, that, so, <laughs> that are already God, dead God, to so being great. such a badass baby I monk. never would have thought I would have had the attachment I do to Osford as I, I do agree. right now when, based on that initial introduction that was so funny when he just pokes the dead guy oh <laughs> yeah but we'll pick up back with that group because they're now moving to Mercia. So in episode four, they'll be in the Mercia bucket. Um, but the last right. thing that happens in this episode is the last scene with the actual trial of Sigbro. And it was just like a cool another um, Viking tradition yeah. about like the nine steps for the nine nights that Odin hung. Yeah, that was I did really not cool. expect him to have to go into the water oh, to get yeah. the thing. I thought they were just going to hand them the bar and say, walk the water thing is way worse in the bar oh that makes it worse your because your wrists would be all fucked up yeah. i was so surprised he was even able to drop the bar because when you think about it like oh yeah it sticks are, to you. yeah with the boiling water your skin is already now kind of like you know, not just burning but it's also wet so you know it's just yeah. melting to the bar and i was just yeah. even surprised he was capable of dropping i thought it was just going to be stuck to him forever that was so it, cool it's interesting to think about what Sig Trigger actually wanted because once he gets to like step six, he falters mm-hmm. and Sig Trigger looks at Dior like he's worried. And then when he makes it, I can't tell if he was happier or sad that he made it because then I guess he knows that the next part is your hands are destroyed and you have to live for three nights before we let you go. I don't know. I didn't know I've, which way. I don't know if he wanted the mercy part of it where he could just let him falter and then take his head. Or if he actually wanted him to deal with all that to live. I don't I, th- I don't I think he wanted them to live, especially when he gets up. There's like a small smirk that Sig Trigger makes that implied to me that he was rooting for his brother to make it. And I think it is a combination of happy and sad. You know, he's happy that his brother's alive because, you know, he does cherish blood, but he also is kind of pissed at himself too because he knows he's gonna deal with that backlash from Steor as well with him living now. It's in the gods' hands, not in Sig Trigger's hands, man. Yeah. Steor needs to know that. All I'll say is that Sig Bro is very lucky that when he went down to one knee and got back up, Sig Trigger started doing the steps way quicker because he was like yeah. going painfully slow for the first four that's, steps. That's on. so funny. I was like, oh, my God, man. My hands were like sweating watching it. I didn't know. Like, I mean, I've never been through this myself, so I didn't know what the rules were. But I was like, dude, grab the bar and just run right. nine steps. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's what I, I was thinking the same thing. I thought they were counting at his pace, like him yeah. walking. And I was like, dude, just fucking do the nine steps. Run, but I think he was yeah. walking. Yeah, no, he had pace. to go to the. Yeah, he, yeah. Mm. And we're just like going to keep flowing through episode four because that's where this picks up. And the York bucket yeah. is pretty, pretty damn small for this episode. Right. Because it, you, we got the whole conclusion of the trial. Um, Sig Trigger gets his hair updated, I think, here. Mm. Yep, it looks good. And then what else do I have here? It's pretty much just the conversation with Sig Bro and Sig Trigger, right? Where yeah. like he kind of like is forgiven in the eyes of the God and like sick trigger acknowledges that, but it's that, not much yeah. that goes on. And it's really scene. not. Yeah. yeah. 
Stewart, I have a note that says Stewart laying down the Dane Law on Sig Trigger because I, I guess he was pushing back a little bit. Oh, uh, what did she say? I forget. Yeah, what because she yeah, because when they have Sig Bro outside in the cold, Sig Trigger's like he's out there in the cold. He he made it past with the bar. You should we should just let him in. And she was like, if his hands heal, we'll let him in. If yeah. not, he's dead. Like laid it down and was like, we're not bringing him back in for three days. Yeah. So that's yeah. all that pretty much happens in New York, though. We kind of talk through all that um it just comes down to what the heck we think sig bro's future is and if he's actually going to matter enough or maybe he's going to be like ethel helm and be just like a chaos in in sig trigger's ear and help push sig trigger towards flipping on edward but i don't know i really don't he does say he does spit the poison that's yours not a real dane yeah and i feel like he can't be alive without a reason because why not just let that thing kill him yeah so i'm just one yeah i agree with you i'm wondering if it's just he's alive and it's going to be little things or if he's actually going to have a big part of sick trigger story in the next however many episodes yeah if he does that's not a good thing because that means it's going to probably be the turn for sick trigger if if sick bro is a part of it big time yeah hi friends the world got you down don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Okay, so let's finish strong here by quickly going over some of our other plot buckets because we have um, one or two quick scenes in Wessick and then one or two quick scenes with Brita. And we don't have to talk about the Brita things too much because I know we, we did talk about Peer League a lot here. Um, but Wessex, my only note is who cares about the Queen? <laughs> I agree. That's, there, yeah. wasn't much, there wasn't much for me to talk about. I mean, Elflin is clearly... Or not Elflin, sorry. Uh, whoever Edward's wife is, a queen. queen. I don't even yeah. know. Yeah, the memorized. queen. Yeah. She's just clearly uh, just not happy with her life with Edward, which she put onto herself. So th- you got this coming. So I'm not like I'm happy to see that she's in this this little place of wanting to leave Wessex. So mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't really have many notes besides like if she leaves, I'm fine with it. I don't have much to say either. I mean, she's stupid because. <laughs> She has been the queen for at least eight years because we know the eight years have passed. So probably tennish. And she, first of all, should have known in the first place that that would be a problem, just like Edward said to her with her plans. But now it looks like she's going to do it anyway. Hmm. Because the, the, the religious lady told her, don't tell anybody and do it anyway. And we know that's going to, make shit hit the fan Hmm. for Wessex. So, yeah, I mean, she's just, she's hard to explain because they really antagonized her or or made her an antagonist in the early seasons where, you know, she was actively going against Ellsworth, which is that really antagonistic to us? (laughs) But, you know, she was, she was joining Ethel Helm in the whole, all I care about is my son eventually taking the throne and all I care is about is the power. And this season kind of is painting her in the light of just, you know, I'm upset because Edward is straying. But I think at this point, we're supposed to just assume 
that all the bad shit between them is already passed. And now she's just, they're just in the point where it's like, Edward just like, screw it. I'm doing my own thing. And she's just upset, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't think we're supposed to be feeling bad for her. Right. Like, I don't know. I think it just could lead to that comment that I made earlier about the whole Scotland tension. Yeah. That yeah. She's happen. doing it anyway. She's dumb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like she's been, she's been the queen for 10 years. She should know politics. She should know that even her dad, Ethelhelm has said during this episode, even when he's annoyed that Edward is openly with the mistress. And there's been many before that, apparently he's still yelling at her saying, don't antagonize him right now. Don't piss him off. Why are you doing this? So like, even he knows she's doing something stupid. So uh, yeah, besides the fact that she is going to cause problems with this little trip, I think she's pretty much a non-factor. The big, the big thing for me is I'm very interested to see what, if anything is going to happen with the son. Yeah. You know, are we even going to get to the point where something happens with him or is that part of the plot of the next movie? I I don't know, but he just seems like a background character just kind of standing there sometimes. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. I think you summed it up pretty well. If we have no more comments, we can move on to the last couple of breed of things here um, because we already know she's been torturing the shit out of Peer Lake. Like the last time we saw Peer Lake, he, she was cutting him. You come back and he's his whole freaking head is like scarred oh, up yeah. and stuff. I was pissed about that. Um, and then she almost I, I were we supposed to take it that she, all of her men no longer follow her because of how. Oh, yeah. She's been. Yeah. She's gone. Yeah. yeah everyone. They literally she took one of her men and, and put the knife at his throat and said, have your God save his life or or I'll take my guy's life. If, if that means your God will save my daughter. Yeah. And then purely purely starts doing the prayer for her. Not for the daughter, because that's the point. He's saying, I can't do it for the daughter. The daughter's not going to come back to life. But then he does the prayer for her saying, you know, help her come to whatever. And she lets the guy go and cries because the daughter's dead. And they're just like this. This she's crazy. She's we're done with her. She's not in the right state of mind. Yep. No more power with Brie. I love to see it. Yeah. More crying. Great more crying. Like those <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of just great. Great. Just like her, you know, grieving and purely being way too nice of a guy mm. and like sticking through and trying to show her back to the Christian way. But that's pretty much all it was. And it, it, there was the powerful moment where they were showing. I think it was like a parallel scene of them showing Brita burying her daughter and then also like mm-hmm. Ethel fled like that whole thing that was going on in Mercia. So that part was cool. And then we'll yeah. we'll talk away through Mercia, pick up anything we haven't gone through now. But that's pretty much all I had for the for the Brita stuff. We mm-hmm. we talked about what our predictions were and like how we think she's probably gonna freaking get redemption, even though she doesn't deserve it. But mm-hmm. anything else you guys want to add? Yeah, really quick. Let's just try to talk this out, and we don't have to go into it too much. But what can they actually give us to prove she deserves redemption at all? Like we went through it last episode that she has only been Dane and against Uhtred and usually against him for the wrong reasons. What can she do to get redeemed, especially in Uhtred's eyes, to make him forgive her for castrating young Uhtred and going after Steora and literally having her taunt him on the battlefield by saying, I cut off your son's dick. There should, like be, what? there should be none. There's nothing yeah. that can equate to that being okay at all. But maybe it'll just end up with her saving one of those kids like Ethel Stan or 
Steor or something like that, but I just don't. Maybe don't if she know. murders Aleswith, the queen, and Ethelhelm <laughs> in one swing, yeah. and then herself. kills her, and then kills yeah. herself. Yeah, but really, the <laughs> and then kills with, herself. But there's no. Just, well, let me. I, I, I want to bring this up. We had um we had a Twitter follower bring up something that we didn't talk about, and it's it's definitely interesting. Um, when I was going through my whole thing in the last episode about what has Uhtred ever done to Brita, this person tweeted at us and said she may blame him for being cursed by story, which then in turn equals she couldn't have kids for Ragnar, which in turn equals okay. Ragnar straying, which in turn equals Ragnar probably dying. Now, I tweeted back and I, and I could see that definitely, but I think the more the thing we should merit more here is maybe her redemption arc can be talking to Uhtred about how she's always felt alone because she keeps talking about this alone thing this episode mm-hmm. and how you know she was with Uhtred and then he seemed to be betraying her to want to be with the Saxons and not go back with her and Ragnar. And it always seems like she was being betrayed. And even Ragnar, when she couldn't have kids, was straying. And even though she said, oh, it's OK, it's for him to have an heir. She felt alone because he wasn't with her. And then obviously Canute went against her and, and killed Ragnar. And then and then now she has a daughter. And the daughter, you know, whatever. I don't think it's still forgivable, but I think it there's there's something there that she might try to pull that with Utrid if this redemption arc comes. I can Ooh. buy that. I do like that. Uh, that they pointed out uh, that she would blame him for Story's curse. I, I do. I mean, it's 100 percent true that it's his fault that she got cursed. I mean, she gave the right counsel that, that she that he shouldn't go to Bevenberg. He should go to Ubba now so that the false rumors don't come up and that he can tell Ubba the truth and Ubba won't hear the false rumors. But because he didn't listen, he went to Ubba late. Ubba heard the false rumors. Ubba wanted to kill him. So they had to take Story as a hostage, which then in turn equals story cursed Brita. So, I I mean, it's a thing. It but... feels like a leap, though. I mean, sure, it actually does make it a little bit better, but I still don't think it's enough. And I don't think it's, it's no, a no, lot I of don't... jumping to like, oh, yeah, circle circle around the fact that it's all Uhtred's problem. Like, I don't know. I get it. I totally get the mindset and there. It's a little bit more. Explainable I, I think the only that. way that will come into play is if it turns into the I'm always alone thing. Yeah, you know, and that because she brought she said that a million times in this episode when she was crying. So we'll see. But I, I still don't think she really has anything to worth to make us be like, all right, she's redeemed. Yeah. And I think you're right. The fact that there's not really a path for her redemption, even if she just fully takes on the Christian identity, I like that's still not going to be good enough, especially for Uhtred, because he's not going to care at all if she's yeah. Christian. So that actually has given me hope that she won't get redeemed. Like the only thing that I can think of is is I don't think she ever is going to take the Christian religion, but I do think that she's going to change and pure leg, pure leg or whatever is going to be her partner throughout their journey. And maybe Uhtred, when he finally sees her, is going to try to kill her or be ready to kill her. And pure leg is going to kind of get in the way of it like a father Bianca kind of thing and just be like. She's changed. She's better. Let it, you know, have mercy. And I mean, it should still equal like, yeah, Yo, you're coming back to wherever my village is and I'm putting you in jail or something, yeah. mm-hmm. but not like maybe that'll be why he 
saves her because it doesn't it still doesn't seem like Uhtred needs too much of a reason to not kill her because he still is hesitating so far. Yeah, but we'll see. Okay, let's go through a little bit of the Mercia stuff, pick up anything, any quotes that we wanted to bring up or badass moments, because I know we talked a lot about Edward. Um, and that mm-hmm. conversation was awesome. I, I still I'm thinking about him sitting on that throne. Like, I still <laughs> think that's just the coolest image that he's ever done in the show. Yeah. Um, but I will bring this up because, you know, I'm usually a very over crit- um, critical analyst when it comes to shows like this. And it doesn't The Last Kingdom is usually pretty damn good at all around. But this was the first time I picked up on it felt like Game of Thrones later season jetpacking a tiny yeah. bit. I was going to say that too. Because, yeah. like, I don't know what the distance is or how long it would realistically take during this time period for Uhtred, for not only for Uhtred to get from York to um, to Mercia, but also Edward just jumped right from uh, Winchester to Mercia as well. And I don't know if there was implied time skippage, but it doesn't seem like there was that much wiggle room because as soon as Uhtred gets there, the time was all contained of based on Ethelfled you know, the, the conversations he could have with Ethelfled felt like Ethelfled died within a day or two of, of Uhtred getting there. And I don't think there's that much wiggle room there, but also like Edward had those conversations in Wessex and then was there like the next moment. And that doesn't have to happen at the same exact point in time. So that's how it could be explainable. But I felt like this was the first time through five seasons where I was like, "Mm," felt like everybody was getting to places conveniently too quickly. I feel like it never had been even to me. It never felt like, they had ever emphasized those travels anyway. If like an event happened on the road, like on their travels, okay, then we got a shot of it. But otherwise I've always kind of felt like the show, I still think it's been consistent in the way they've been traveling personally, like maybe a little bit. Yes. I agree that it was kind of like teleporting, but I, I think it was fine for the show. What we've seen. I think, I think the biggest one was actually Ethel Helms messenger. I think he was popping back and forth too quickly with the jetpacking. I did notice that too, Luke, especially with the messenger when he's just like, Ethel, I'm like, you got to get there. Hurry up, get there. And then he's like, all right, I'm back. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like the one specific part is when Ethelhelm is asking him and I, it might even be episode three, but Ethelhelm is asking him after he gets the news about Ethel fled, if he thinks he can do something with the elderman of Mercia. And then he says like, go talk to the Mercians and come back to me. And then literally like two seconds later, he's like, he's back. And he's like, so, so how are the eldermen faring with our proposal? And he's like, Oh, I think they they're, they're down with the bribe, you know? So that seems pretty quick. And again, like you, I don't know how quick it is. I don't know how quick it should be, but yeah, I mean, it's not game of Thrones to that level but Not it is i was noticeable yeah. i just wanted to point it out because yeah it feels like we're never criticizing the show because it's so damn good and mm-hmm. when things like that pop up i like to bring them up um yeah. but other than that like you know we did go through a bunch of the main talking points that happened in mercia here um i thought there was that hilarious line about when when utrid and ethel fled or walking out to basically where she's going to die on the cliffside. He makes the line about the secret door. He's like, Oh, it could have been helping you through that door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that He's, she's that literally was. dying. And he, and he says that line. I was like, wow. Yeah. Dude. But let's talk about that. Cause that's pretty much that shouldn't get glossed over because this is one of my favorite characters, just her whole ending. It felt like great closure to me. Like she got to say everything she wanted to. Uhtred got to tell her about like his his dreams of being a family and happy with her like all of that was amazing they got a final kiss 
mm-hmm. it just was like a great shot for her to die like that. She she in her mind set up the succession plans. She's on the cliff with her should have been lover. And, you know, Uhtred's badass swords in the ground in the background. I thought that was just like a poetic moment. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, what else can I say about Ethel Flood? If you've listened to me talk about her at all, I love her and she's just great. And this is a damn near close second to like a perfect character arc under her father, Alfred. Yep. Um, yeah. thinking that. And now that she's dead, like this, the, the positives about being dead in shows like this, is you can't do anything to fuck up like, yeah, you, you can't like the it. audience's image of you or your character development and your character plot. So. I think she was she pretty much went down as like the second best character arc of the show. Um, and she's awesome. Like it's only fitting that Uhtred was there for the death of King what literally watching King Alfred die and then also watching Ethel Fled die. Mm-hmm. And of course that, he's got some that pain in me. those eyes. Yeah, man. he's got pain and it sucks to see. And it was just so it was just the closure I felt when watching the Alfred scene with Elf Ethel Fled here. Sorry, I'm the the hangover's kicking in a little bit again. Um, <laughs> getting a little fuzzy. Yeah, but it was just great closure. I mean, knowing that Uhtred had all the information now and what Ethel Fled did wasn't to spite Uhtred. It was all for her purposes and just having that closure was just so nice mm-hmm. to see. And the ceremonies were amazing too, getting all the reactions of the different Mercian people, like the elderman who used to hate her and then now liked her. And then Aldhelm, of course, we've stressed that enough, but just all the different reactions. And it was just a great closing for uh, one of our favorite characters, Ethel Flood. And Edward didn't get to talk to her. Yeah, that was, that was actually very, that was upset. Like when he arrives and uh, whoever it was, or Edith tells her, tells him that she's spending his last moments with Uhtred. It was upsetting. Definitely. Was anyone cutting onions when you were watching Dave? Honestly, the only time I've cut onions is Bianca. It wasn't honestly Bianca's dying. It was when Bianca and Tura reunited after. Um, oh yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There's that was like cut. actually the only time I've like, <laughs> cried during the show. It's, it's I didn't say anything scene. about crying. I'd say cutting onions, dude. I was cutting onions. I was cutting. Onions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys said it best. I I don't have much else to say that you guys didn't already say. I mean, you nailed it. She's such a great character. I, I mean, let's talk about it. Were you guys worried? Did you guys think that he was that by the time he got there, she was going to be dead? Or did you yep. think that? Yeah, yeah. I totally thought that it, there was no way that he was reaching. And that's, I guess, part of the reason I brought up the jetpacking thing was because the 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 illness is what put the time limit on all of this. Yeah. And like, I don't know, like how quickly she was deteriorating because she deteriorated pretty damn quickly. I mean, the moment she, Uhtred got yeah. there, she died that yeah. night. So. And I hate to say it because she's my girl, but like, you know, like they they gave her the Alfred sick treatment like she was looking sick. Yeah, yeah uh, that yeah. that whole thing, I guess, is what you're supposed to in your head imply time skippage because yeah. she, she was fine when she last saw Uhtred. And that was the point. Uhtred said, like, she was great. Like, what do you mean? She wasn't sick when I talked to her because you couldn't right. tell at all. And then it just like flipped. And right. I think she heard it was just her waiting. She was the only thing keeping her alive was her waiting for. Is that, isn't Just that what like happened with Alfred? Alfred? Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Good stuff. We love the Uhtred respect here. Really do. Yeah, we, we love Ethel Flett. R.I.P., man. R.I.P. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, the most of the other stuff here is all about Edward, which we covered. Um, stop me if you guys want to bring up anything. Uh, we had the parallel scene with the burials between Brita and then Ethel Fled. And then we have that unexpected moment where Elswith is having her crisis of faith and Uhtred and her have like a freaking like moment. I was like, what the yeah. fuck is this? Yeah. He's rubbing <laughs> that shoulder, man. 
He's I just being a good guy, that. respected Utrid for being it like to hold his composure against someone who vividly detests him and he maybe not so much likes either. So good for him and being able to hold that up, but get, just just move on. Yeah. Move on. <laughs> he feels he feels he feels her pain. Yeah, yeah. that's really all yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um you go ahead, Jimmy. You say something? No, no, I'm I'm good. I mean, she it's interesting to see it'll be interesting to see where her character goes with the whole, you know. I can't hear God thing and he's not talking to me and he's killing Alfred and he's, or he's letting Alfred die and he's letting F- Ethel flood die and he's leaving me here. And she said, I'm alone kind of like Brita, but then she said, where's Al Flynn? So she's going to have some kind of plot with the, with the daughter. And um, I would buy her getting redemption before Brita. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's Jimmy's girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so <laughs> Um, we have that moment between Ethel Stan and his father. Like they kind of, we get a we get a glimpse into what Ethel Stan thinks about Edward, and it's all realistic. Like you wouldn't ha- be super fond of him. Like he kind of ditched and you his- and never saw you again, and he didn't have the most welcoming re- like reunion. But and then also killed for Elderman. So like not yeah, only did he abandon you, you also watched him too. kill Elderman. Like yeah, yeah. I mean now, I, I mean. <laughs> Edward says it himself. He's like, I guess you got your morality from Utrid. Like mm-hmm. Ethel Stan, it we talked about in the last episode. It, it it's definitely a weird thing because I was saying that I thought that Edward was being the thinking man like his dad and saying that or and choosing to give Ethel Stan to Utrid so that he could be ready to take the throne or you know, be the one that connects the kingdoms, the Danes and the Saxons. Um, you would think that Ethel or that Edward would have kept tabs on him, but they see each other and Edward looks like he did like freaking last season when he first sees the little boy and he's surprised. He's like, Ethel Stan, what are you doing here, bro? And then, you know, there he's he does do the Alfred thing so much where he like holds his hands like this, like Alfred always did. Um, and he's standing there and he says, Oh, you know, we have stuff to do, but I, I would like to talk to you later. But he did say like, I, I, you have been in my thoughts. And Ethel Stan was like, dude, you know where I was this whole eight years. You don't, you don't think you want to see me or anything. And I get it. You're the King, but you know, doesn't seem like Ethel Stan has a care in the world for his dad right now. Yeah. He's totally just one of the boys now. Like, Yep. I think this episode shows that a lot because later or before the elderman get murdered and Ethel stands, the one that wakes up and sees all the soldiers running around. I like you brought up the moment when he, when uh, he turns around and he's poking the sword at Citric. Uh, but yeah. the line I love is that Citric says to him, like, do you think it's an attack? And I know that's like the biggest throwaway line ever, but to me that puts a lot of like, wait on on the fact that Citric thinks he respects his opinion like what do you right, think what, right. what's going on here like and then as soon as he confirms like i don't know but we have to figure some shit out now Citric immediately goes all right i'll go get everybody else so like he right. treats ethel stan as like a man and like part of utrid's gang i think that's important because i don't know if ethel stan needs to like follow in his father's footsteps it just seems more likely that he's just going to be the he could be the the stand-in for Uhtred if Uhtred dies and be the com- the combination of both um, Saxon and Danes, like we were talking right. about all last podcast episode. Ethel Stan, when Citric says stay here and Ethel Stan goes, and then when Citric goes, oh shit, Ethel Stan, and Ethel Stan's in the middle of the fight, I was like, for a second, for a second, I was like, Luke guaranteed Ethel Stan <laughs> won't die. I thought is there it, was a chance too. Yeah, is it gonna happen? 
but I the flat so armor thing, I I came to my senses. But <laughs> Ethelstan does have a knack for like fighting dudes and just be like, oh, Trent, oh, Trent, help me. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you, though, if you had that oh, card yeah. in the back pocket? Yeah, hell yeah. I'd be calling it left and right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we talked about all the murdering of the ed- eldermen. And then we talked about the repercussions and Edward making all these decisions. Um, it was pretty game changing episode in terms of like what's going to happen going forward politics wise. Uh, I don't have much else to add. It was just, you know, I hate that we have to put one of my favorite characters into the ground this episode. And hopefully next yeah. podcast, we're not talking about any main deaths, specifically <laughs> Finn and Sictric. We got to get our boys feeling, man. Eight more hours, man. Eight more fucking hours. <laughs> Finn and better dude. Finn needs to relax and stop getting so hammered. I mean, he wasn't even ready to fight. That's those, why I was so worried, guys. man. I was, I was so worried. worried. He's, he's hammer drunk, but they, you know, they fight hammer drunk all the time. They're fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they do. So like they just splash some water on their face and they're just ready for battle. Leo like, Fritz was seen... the boss at that, dude. Leo Fritz Ragnar did it. did it too, but like the, the tubs of water just dunk your head in. And you're like, let's I hate, go. I hate to throw this name in there, but I think we saw Heston do it a couple times. <laughs> we haven't seen our boy Heston yet with his shaved head, but I know he's coming. That's true. So I wonder where I wonder where he he's going to be in Bevenberg. But I don't know how that would work. Or or if uh, or if Sig Trigger raises some Danes, man. Maybe he just actually did what he said. And it's just like, all right, I'm just going to go live somewhere and just not. I guess if he does make an trailer, bro. Yeah. (laughs) You have anything to say about Edith, Luke? No, I I just don't want her to die either. (laughs) She just fade to the background. Uhtred told her to get out of there. I hope she just lives. Overall, yeah. like we said, these episodes, there's just never a bad episode anymore with, with this show, and there never was to me, at least. And I, Ethel Fled Dime is huge, but episode four really set the, the plot going forward, and I'm so fucking hyped to continue on with this journey. Of I think time. next time we talk, Ethel Helm will have been completely dealt with. I hope so. That's what we're going to get. I think Brita might be wrapping up by the time we're like our next pot, like her story might yeah, continue. Into I hope so too. Episode. But I, I, I was thinking that if she didn't wrap up by now, she might be not end. necessarily be end game, but like close enough. Yeah. But last thing, do you guys have any predictions or does it even matter that Aleswith took Ethel Fled's daughter and fled with her? Do you think Ethel Fled's daughter mm-hmm. and fled with her? Do you think that? it's anything like save the save the air or is it just like you know as ale swith and even utrid saying like she's not ready for this just like give her a regular life like get her out of here you think it's more on that side of things or maybe i i have no uh, like ales with no theories ales with does seem kind of sick of all this political stuff now like her kids are obviously matured to a point where they can rule comfortably without her help. And I, I could see her taking, and even the Aelflin didn't really want the life either. So maybe they both just kick it somewhere in the distance and right. maybe we come back to him eventually. But I, I, I don't want to say this probably closes the chapter of Aelflin, but to me, it seems like it could, it, I okay. don't see a role for her going forward. I think it's um like, because she's moving away elsewhere. That is, is moving away from her Christianity. I, I don't see how she could be a negative going forward. And that's right. like a weird well, what, thing. What if Ernell Flynn becomes freaking crazy Danes, dude? <laughs> L Swift is this monster Dane with a sword and just, just sacks Wessex. Praying to Thor every day and stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think she's going to be a problem, though. And I, for five seasons, I did think she was a problem up until this point at almost yeah. every turn. And now that she's. Ethel Helm kind of took that over. Yeah. Yeah. I think she was always a problem. 
as long as Alfred was alive. And then a little bit as soon as Alfred died, a little bit in the Edward situation, she was trying to have some influence. But that was when we were all happy she got put in her place. And then after that, Ethel Helm kind of took that position of the problem child and the person, not necessarily the person we hate more. I don't know. We could have a debate on that one. But um, I think at this point, I don't I, I don't like El- Ethel Helm more than I don't like Ellsworth. I mean, is that. You're saying I, you like I, you like Ethel Helm less? Yeah. Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah. it's just way more. Ellsworth is I mean, we're going to have a fun redeeming herself, unfortunately. But. <laughs> we're going to have a fun time with our bottom of the barrel ranking at the end of this season. Yeah, we will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. That sounds good, guys. You think we're uh, think we're done here? We got anything else we want to talk about? I'm good. Close us out, baby. All right. Call me Doc like you did on the bracket. <laughs> <laughs> on, Doc. All right. Get hit me. You're like, hit me with a Doc. <laughs> and Luke's like, who the hell's Doc? <laughs> All right, guys. That covers our episode three and four coverage of The Last Kingdom season five. You bet your ass soon as this is over. We are going to be binging five and six. We can't wait to come back and record five and six so we can watch seven and eight and then nine and ten. We're dying to get this show done. We love this show. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to follow the podcast, please, if you're watching it on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. We really appreciate every new subscriber we get. We are trying to bring all of our new shows onto the video platform. So any new subscriber, you guys will be getting all of our new shows. And we are starting to cut up our celebrity interviews and giving you guys highlights on YouTube as well. If you're listening it on the podcast, we are on every single podcast platform. So please subscribe there. Give us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. Check us out at BingetownTV.com. We have a Patreon now. If you guys want to support the pod, Patreon.com slash BingetownTV two tiers you guys can check out those two tiers we have exclusive podcast episodes exclusive video uncut interviews with the stars from some of your favorite shows it's a great time and we are going to start adding a lot more to that as well patreon.com slash bingetown tv all of our socials are at bingetown tv guys destiny is all destiny is cruel based on what edith has to say and we know from the trailer destiny is brutal as well Dave, do you have any lasting thoughts before I say we are Benstown TV? Nothing. <laughs> Damn it. We are Benstown TV. And thank you so much for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.